Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Please turn with me to our scripture reading. It is found in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. I'll give you a minute so you can find it. Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And it reads, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Amen. Happy Sabbath, brothers and sisters. It's always a joy to be here, and I want to also salute those that are watching us through YouTube today. Unfortunately, our Facebook stream is down, but uh, hopefully everybody that watched us on Facebook is now watching through YouTube. We had some technical difficulties, I don't know the specifics, but like uh, I'm sure that will be remedied soon by our awesome IV team at some point this week. Today, we're going to have a communion service, but you may have be thinking what the text we just read has to do with uh, communion, like uh, is a text that really don't speak much about what we're going to do, at least on the surface. But uh, I'm starting with this text from Exodus 6, because indeed it, uh, it's very meaningful for what we're going to be doing today and for what Jesus did. What's the backdrop of uh, that text we, we read today? Is the Exodus. And what's the communion service? What that has to do with this? Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 7. Like, that's right before the Last Supper, that's the first communion service. So, let's read Luke 22, starting in verse 7. I'm going to read here from the New King James. Then came the day of the unleavened bread, when the Passover, and they must be killed, and he's talking about the Passover lamb. They just call it the Passover. The Passover must be killed. And he sent, and he, Jesus, sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where you want to prepare it? And he, sa he said, Behold, uh, you have entered the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pincher of water. Uh, follow him to the house which he enters, and then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is the guest room where we may eat the Passover with my disciples? Uh, and that's a few verses later. He says like uh, uh, verse 15. When they, are get, when they got there to that place. He says like. Is with fervent desire. 
I, des- I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So there's a few things here that we need to understand. Like he talks about eating the Passover. He wants to do it badly. And then he starts the Last Supper. And uh, he mentioned here that was the day that they prepared the, the first day of the feast. Uh, I don't know if you know, the Passover was like a seven-day festival that start with a dinner. And then during seven days, there was supposed to have no yeast uh, on your house. That's why uh, uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 Versus uh, First Corinthians, sorry, First Corinthians five, verse six, uh, verse First uh, Corinthians five, verse six to eight. He says, uh, "We are your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole lump? Purge out the old yeast that you may." Have a new lump as you, uh, as you were unleavened. For indeed our Passover has been sacrificed in place. Therefore let us keep the feast. And he's talking about the Passover. With uh, not with the old east. Neither with the east of malice of weakness. But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So he was using a parable. Of that same thing that happened here. Because Jesus instituted something new. Based on that Passover. And what was that Passover? Let's go to Exodus. uh, Chapter 12. Here you see when God instituted the Passover. I won't read it for you. Like he. You can read it later. He says like on chapter, in chapter 11 that the, the death of the firstborn will happen. So people had to paint their doors with blood and all that to protect themselves. Because the angel of death would pass over their home. That's why it's called Passover. Even in Hebrew it means like pass over something. Because the angel would pass over. So they would be free from the punishment of... Uh, of the sins of the Egyptians. And uh, then he's on chapter 12. He institutes it. He says like. You should seek no leaven in your home. Out. That's uh, made uh, with leaven. Throw out. Burn. Do something. And on that day you prepare a little lamb. For you to eat with your, all your family. It's too big. If the lamb is too big for just your family. Invite your neighbor. Because you have to eat it all. And that was a symbol of Jesus. And uh, he goes on and institutes a series of things that needed to be done. Most of them are here. Others are in Deuteronomy when he recounts the same story. But there is one thing that uh, I think is important on this whole thing. is on verse 26 of chapter 12. And uh, Passover was instructed to be a festival for us to learn and to teach our kids about what God had done for us. 
So let's read verse 26. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? Like because, and let me stop here before I continue. Like since that day, even to today, if you live in a Jewish home, every year on the Passover, they do the exact same thing. Like they follow those prescriptions in a certain way. It's like sort of a little ritual that they do at home. And when they, and was done that way, why? Because that was to excite the children's mind to ask, why are we doing things in the way it, uh, we do things like, like that? that? There's even a music that we teach for little children. I taught my kids when they were small. The, uh, the name of the song is like Hamishlana. Uh, uh, that means like uh, why today is different. And the song is like, why we eat different today? Why this night is different from all the other nights? Why The same sort of questions that are supposed to be elucidated in kids' minds. And when they ask what, why this night is different, what should be your answer? Let's go to continue reading this verse. My hands are dry today. It's hard to flip the Bible's pages. So verse 27. Then you shall say, is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. Uh, so the people bow their heads and worship. So it's interesting how he says. He doesn't say, oh, that's what for you to teach, to teach the children how they should behave and how things happen in the, with our ancestors. That's not what they said. Like, notice here that they said how he delivered our houses. He's involving everybody. Like, in the same way we are involved today. Like, uh, we are not present when Jesus was crucified, but he died for us as well. So, was our salvation there? Like, in the same way, the kids of Israel should know. That the Passover was for them. That's the backdrop. And uh, before the Passover actually happened. God made four promises. And those four promises. Were read. Uh, today on the beginning of, of our service. Those four promises are. In Exodus 6. 6 to 8. Let's try to identify those four promises. Now. Uh, then therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you from out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Uh, I will rescue you from the bondage. I redeem you uh, out of a stretched arm with great judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out under the burdens of the Egyptian. And I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So what are the four things the Lord is promising here? I will... 
freed you from the slavery. I will get you out of the dominion of the Egyptians. I will adopt you. You're going to be part of my family. And I'm going to be part of your family. And I will give you to the land. I will bring you home. Those are the four promises. And as part of the ritual of the Passover. Uh, like they would eat food. They would eat bread. But they would drink four cups of, gla- of wine. Grape juice. And each one of those four glasses. They symbolize one of those promises. For first glass. I will freed you from the Egyptians. Second glass. I will get them out. I will get you out of their control. Third glass. You're going to be my family now. Fourth glass. I will bring you home. And that's the backdrop of what Jesus did that day. We sometimes don't notice this sequence. Because we are not familiar with the, how they do. But we can see it even uh, if you read the narrative of just one of the evangelists, if, if you read the four, then you see clearly how the, four, how the full service is being read. But for the sake of brevity, let's continue here our reading on, uh, on, Ex- on, on, on Luke. Uh, at one point, uh, I'm going to do a full, pass- uh, full uh, communion service as Jesus did here with us. Not today, but uh, hopefully sometime soon. But until that day, I want you to understand a few things. First, like uh, they actually eat a real food. They had a real meal. It was not just like a piece of bread and some little grape juice. So let's read here Luke 22 from where we stopped. Verse 17, then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will, know, I will not drink out of the fruit of the vine until the uh, kingdom of God comes. So what did he do here? He did uh, the blessing of the first cup. And gave to people. After that. They would uh, bless the bread. Eat a little bit of it. And then. They would bless the wine again. Uh, and then they would uh, bless the food. Eat the food. And bless the wine again. And, uh, and drink it again. And then they would finish. The four cups. So it was a, a glass of wine, bless over the bread, another glass of wine, bless over the food, uh, another glass of wine. Then after the meal was over, the fourth cup of wine, and then the event was done. And uh, let's see here what he did. We see he. He blessed the first one. And then right after that we see. And he took the bread. And gave thanks. Verse 19. And broke it. And said. And gave it to them saying. This is my body. 
which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, he did the, the first breaking of the bread. We don't see the other steps, but we see something that you may not have noticed until today. Verse 20 says, like, Likewise, he took the cup after the supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. You probably never noticed that little detail after the supper because it means nothing to you. But now you, say, you know that that's the fourth cup, the final cup that was after the meal. He takes that and so look for the sake of brevity. He skips the intermediates because he knew that everybody at least at that time that read it would know the, the service how it is. So uh, he did the full service and then he took the last one and said that's the uh, calyx of the new covenant and you should do in my memory. Like uh, so what he, he meant to say uh, with that. Like uh, if you why that covenant is new. That word new covenant we heard before. If you go to the book of uh, Ezekiel chapter 33 God says that like it one day I'm going to do a new covenant with the house of Israel. And that covenant will be different from the covenant I did with your fathers on the desert. Not because the stipulations are different, but because I'm going to write in your heart and I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one who will be fulfilling it for you. So, same deal, just a different guy doing. Not us, but Jesus. So, let's analyze the, those four promises. Uh, he promised to the, to the Israelites that he would feed them from slavery. But that's a symbol of what Jesus did for us at the cross. He freed us from sin, from our, of our burdens of sin. The second promise, he said that he would free the slaves from the power of their masters. They would be out of reach of their masters. But in Jesus, we are out of reach of sin. Sin has no power over us when we allow Jesus to control our life. That's the second promise. The third promise, he would redeem us. He would be part of our family. And Jesus became a man, a human being, to be part of the human family. Now, as uh, he said himself and as Paul says later, we are part of his family. And uh, he is part of ours forever. So he fulfilled that third leg of this promise. And the fourth thing is, I will bring you home. That's why he says, uh, if you read in uh, uh, Matthew uh, 26, verse 27 to 30, we have a, a little bit more of perspective. A little bit more of detail. What he says when he do that blessing of the fourth cup. So let's read Matthew 26, 27 to 30.
Say amen when you're there. So, and I read here. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave to them saying, drink from it. All of you, uh, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many, not only for the Jews, but for many, everybody that accepted for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you and my father's kingdom. I ask them to you, why do you think Jesus didn't drink that fourth wine, that fourth glass? And he said he will not drink it. Because, yes, he uh, freed us from sin on the Calvary. Yes, he uh, also get, gave us freedom from the power, the influence that sin has on our life. If we surrender to him, if, he, if we hide ourselves in him as Paul says in Colossians 3. Yes, he redeemed us. We are adopted as part of God's family again. And he became our blood brother. Because he became one of us. But he still didn't take us home. We have to wait a little bit more. But every time we take that glass of wine. That he didn't take it. And he promised he won't take in heaven. When we are on that, that big supper of the Lamb. Is a remembrance that he is faithful. If he was faithful enough to fulfill those other three promises. He will be faithful that one day he's going to bring us back to his kingdom. And that day he's going to finish what he started. And every time we do this, we do the uh, communion service. We are celebrating his promise that one day he's coming. Not only celebrating that our freedom from sin, our freedom from the power of sin and our adoption in God's family, but celebrating his soon coming. And I hope... All of you participated it today uh, because that's an opportunity that Jesus gives you to celebrate with him what, what he did already for you and celebrate his soon coming. So a lot of people don't participate in uh, communion services uh, because they don't feel uh, ready. But let, you, let me tell you something more. Like uh, if you read uh, what the first Christians did, they did communion service almost every day. Uh, they met daily in each other's homes to eat the full meal and have all the blessings to celebrate what Jesus had instituted. To the point that in, in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, people had banalized it. And Paul had like to set people straight like, Guys, you're doing just for the food. Like, just became a feast for you guys. That's not it. You have to do things right. Understanding what's meaning. And he even says something that's very solemn. Like, that's why there's so many sick and so many die on your churches. Because you don't take the Lord's Supper seriously. The issue was not to do every day, but the, the issue was doing haphazardly. As sometimes even we 
do here. That's a moment of reflection. It's a moment of acceptance of what God did for you and did for me. And it's a moment of rededication, resurrender as we wait for the Lord soon coming. And in this spirit is what I want to invite you as we participate uh, on the service today. But before we proceed, I want to make a special prayer for us to start that new Passover, that new communion service with a full understanding what it means and uh, prepare to uh, be one of our Savior and start a new chapter of your, our life. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much because you are faithful. You not only freed the Israelites out of Egypt, I mean out of the slavery, but you freed us from the slavery of sin. You not only removed them from their captors, but you removed us from the power of sin as well. And uh, hidden on you, we have nothing to fear. Thank you, dear Lord, because you redeemed them, but you also redeemed us on the Calvary. We are now our adopted sons and daughters of the kingdom, the Israel of God. And even more so, you became one of us by blood, by incarnation. That's so awesome that we cannot comprehend. And on that uh, last supper, the first communion service, you didn't drink the last uh, glass because you wanted us to remember that one day you that are powerful to fulfill your promises will come back and bring us home. Lord, we are longing for that day when we are going home. Come soon, dear Jesus. But while we wait, help us to celebrate your promise as we do that communion service. Help us to invite you to enter in our lives. Help us to uh, get out of the way of your spirit and allow you to have full control of our minds and bodies. So you can uh, really take a hold of us and so we can be hidden on you. So we can be truly free from sin, free from the power of sin. Be your sons and daughters in its fullness and be expectant for the day of your coming with the certainty that we will be there standing on that last day. Bless all of those that are here. Bless all of those that are watching through the internet and that we will be watching the recording later. And help each one of them to have a special encounter with you. That's what I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.